Changed by Love is the teaching ministry of Pastor Jim Kevney of Calvary Chapel, Morris Hills, located in Dover, New Jersey. Our desire is to teach the Word of God with passion and simplicity, as well as a direct application for our lives. With that in mind... And I really hope that you're encouraged by this guy because I look at this guy and I think, you know, I am not an apostle and I am not the protege like Timothy was of an apostle. But this is just a guy who's just out there living for God in a very simple way. All week I spent with this guy and I'm thinking, I can do this, God. I can do this with the way this guy is. And so I hope you will feel the same way. The first thing, if you're taking notes, we want to note about him was... Epaphroditus commitment. Can God use regular people like you and me to do His will? In his message, Pastor Jim examines this concept by looking at the actions of Epaphroditus and his commitment to visiting Paul in prison. Paul describes him as a fellow soldier, messenger, and friend. Ultimately, though, he was a rather unremarkable character who simply possessed a willing spirit of effort over any specific gifts or grand titles. It is in this example that we can see God using people despite their flaws and inadequacies. With that in mind, here's Pastor Jim for part one of his message entitled, Joyful Example. Well, this morning, we continue in our verse-by-verse study of the epistle of the letter of the book of Philippians. If you're keeping track, I know none of you are keeping track. I'm the only one who keeps track. A letter written by the Apostle Paul. He's in jail. He's writing to a church in a place called Philippi in northern Greece, a church that he founded about 10 years ago. And now he's writing to them. It's about 30 years since Jesus Christ was crucified, raised from the dead, and ascended into heaven. And this book is often called the Epistle of Joy. And the reason it's called that is because of the repetitive use of the words joy and the word rejoice. Here in chapter 2, the Apostle Paul has been talking to the church in Philippi. We know that there's some complaining that's been going on. We know that there's some disputing going on. Put people in a room and that kind of stuff happens, right? And so he's talking to them about living a life for Jesus Christ and living a life that loves and serves others. And he had given them already, we covered it a few weeks back, the stunning example of Jesus Christ. That God himself became a man and came down to earth and lived as a servant to mankind and died on the cross in our place for our sins so that who, and was raised from the dead so that whoever would put their trust in him could have the forgiveness of sins and have eternal life. And in the process of that, after he gave them the stunning example of the Lord Jesus Christ, he told all the, the believers, the people who had trusted in Jesus in this church in Philippi, to work out your salvation with fear and trembling, not work for for your salvation, work out the salvation that you already have, and he told them why, for it's God who works in you. We saw an example that he used, a fellow by the name of Timothy, his young protege. Timothy was a pastor. He was someone who traveled with the Apostle Paul, and we had a message that we called joyful partnership. This morning, we look at another man that he points out as a great example of what it means to give yourself unto the faith. This message is called joyful example as we look at the life of a man named 
Epaphroditus, a, a wonderful and simple example of the Christian life. Although I have to confess, his name drives me up the wall. It's not easy to say over and over again, Epaphroditus. Try saying it 10 times fast, especially because if you're a Bible student, you know there's another guy in the Bible named Epaphras. So if I get it confused, please don't uh, you know, have some grace with me. So who was this Epaphroditus? Uh, chapter four, when we get there, uh, we're gonna learn that he is the Philippian church representative that was sent to the Apostle Paul while he's in prison to bring news of what's going on in the church that he started. I mean, obviously, he'd wanna know what's going on. No email, no newspaper, no Facebook, no texting, none of that stuff. So he's gotta take a long journey, tell them what's going on in the church in Philippi, and then the Apostle Paul would say, okay, that's good, I like that, I like that, correct this, change this, do that, because that's what the, the apostles did for the people. And he also brought in money for his needs while he's in jail. They didn't have a prison system like we did. If you wanted to have some level of comfort in the prison system, you had to have somebody bring money into you. And so otherwise you would kind of starve there in prison. So he brought money as a gift uh, to them. I presume that he's a leader in the church or one of the leaders in the church of, of Philippi because if, just imagine our church and we knew an apostle and we have to send somebody to see him. Who are we gonna pick? Somebody halfway decent, right? We're not gonna send some slacker. The church that, that I came out of was Calvary Chapel, Old Bridge. So if I was sending somebody to talk to Pastor Lloyd, I would actually take somebody who was a leader here, who was involved here, somebody who knew what was going on here. You know, we want, wouldn't want him to go to Pastor Lloyd and he goes, well, how's it going up there in Morris County? I don't know. <laughs> What's Pastor Jim doing? I don't know. <laughs> Really, do the people seem like they're happy and the Lord's working and they're well taught? I don't know, I don't know. So we're not gonna send a guy like that. So we have to assume that Epaphroditus is a leader, he's a responsible man, he's carrying a lot of money. Usually they didn't travel with a lot of money alone, so he's also probably got a group of people with him, so he's not only responsible with money, but he's responsible with people. And this is what I love about this guy. I love, I love, I love about this guy. He is remarkably unremarkable. Remarkably unremarkable. And remember we said, if you were with us, that we can't do the stuff that Jesus did. I mean, just, you know, we're not going around rising, raising people from the dead. We're not doing miracles and stuff like that. But we said that we can have the mind of Christ, the mind of a servant, and that's what this man Epaphroditus had. So this morning we want to look at three simple things about this man two character traits, and one is heaven's response to him. And I really hope that you're encouraged by this guy because I look at this guy and I think, you know, I am not an apostle and I am not the protege like Timothy was of an apostle, but this is just a guy who's just out there living for God in a very simple way. All week I've spent with this guy and I'm thinking, I can do this, God. I can do this with the way this guy is. And so I hope you will feel the same way. The first thing, if you're taking notes, we want to note about him was Epaphroditus' commitment. His commitment. Uh, verse 25 says, Yet I considered it, the apostle writes, Yes, I considered it necessary to send or to send back to you Epaphroditus, now if that name sounds a little familiar, it probably he could be named after Aphrodite, the love goddess. So what does that tell you about his parents? Not followers of God, right? I mean, how many of you have ever been to a, to a baby dedication or a christening where they named somebody Apollos or Zeus or something like that? 
It just doesn't happen. You know, they, they give them Christian names, if you will. And so here he, he gets it. He's named, he's not named after that. So he's, in my mind, I love people like him. He's a convert, like I was. As somebody who came to, to faith in Jesus Christ later in life. So all of a sudden he's like, well, I, <laughs> I was this guy and, and now I'm this guy. And people say, what happened to you? And you're like, can I say Jesus, God, gospel, Holy Spirit, any of that? No, 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 you can't say that. I don't know. I have no idea what happened to me. And that's what I, I love about him. His name actually means charming and lovely. I don't want that to be my name, but people go, that's great. You're not charming and lovely. But anyway, I consider it necessary to send back to you Epaphroditus. And then he tells us a little bit about their relationship. He calls him my brother, fellow worker, and fellow soldier. And then he outlines a little bit of the relationship that Epaphroditus has with the Philippian church. And he says, but your messenger and the one who ministered to my need. So notice he says here that Epaphroditus is my brother. Now, brother is a term that we use for someone who is a man, who is a Christian, who is a committed follower of Jesus Christ. But notice he doesn't say he's just a brother. He's just some Christian guy that I met. No, he says he's my brother. He was someone who was particularly helpful to me, we might say. He was uh, reliable to me. He encouraged me. He, he helped me. He was my friend. He was my friend. And I love this about the Apostle Paul. And in the, there's the, let's talk about the, the church in the area of Jerusalem and in the area of Israel. There's a church there, but then there's the whole church throughout the Roman Empire, and we call the Gentile world at the time. And the Apostle Paul is clearly the leader of the church in the Gentile world, and he is a strong, strong leader. He's a gifted administrator. I'm reading this here as I'm going through this. I'm like, this dude is administrating the church across an empire from jail without email and a telephone. I mean, this guy is good. He is real. I'm like, I'm so jealous, God. I'm sorry, but I really am. And so here he is, and, but he's the leader of the church, and there's no doubt about that. But there's also no doubt when you look at his life, he needs the fellowship of other people. He needs other Christians in his life. And friends, please, please, please don't underestimate this. If the Apostle Paul needed Christian friends, don't you and I? Don't we need other friends in our life that we can walk through life with, that we can share life with? But notice here that Epaphroditus is not just a brother, he's also a fellow worker. He is not a consumer of religious goods and services. He is a man about the work of the kingdom of God. I mean, even here, what has he done to come see the Apostle Paul? He's taken a very long trip. It's probably cost him some money to take the trip. He's probably lost time at work. And now he is there, not only bringing this gift to the Apostle Paul, but helping the Apostle Paul. This guy is preaching from prison. This is how good he is. He's helping the Apostle Paul preach the good news, the forgiveness of sins, and eternal life that is found only in Jesus Christ. This is why I love Epaphroditus. The Apostle Paul, an apostle. Timothy, a pastor. Epaphroditus was a dude. He's just a dude. I mean, there's nothing about this guy that you would just say, oh, well, he's this and he's that. He's just a guy. And, and we know he wasn't raised Christian. 
he heard the good news of the gospel and he started following Jesus Christ. He didn't mind that the Apostle Paul was the upfront guy. No, he found joy where the Lord had planted him. He found joy in what God asked for him to do. And here, if you think, all right, that sounds like me. How, how important is that? He's in the Bible. He's in the Bible. You know what that tells me? God says, I see people like this. I see people like this. The rest of the world might, we live in a celebrity country and we live in the era of celebrity Christians. If you follow that stuff, if you don't, don't start. It will make you sick. It'll make you absolutely sick. And it's amazing how many of the celebrity Christians are now falling apart at the seams if you follow that stuff at all. And here is just a normal guy just following the Lord, serving the Lord. And so, you know, Revelation 2, 3 says this, and Jesus says this to the church of Ephesus, you have persevered and have patience and have labored for my name's sake and have not become weary. That's exactly what this guy is like. Now you say, well, I know the Bible. and I know after that, Jesus says you've left your first love to the church in Ephesus. But you know what? You need all of that other stuff first anyway. We need to persevere. We need to have patience. We need to labor for the Lord's sake. Thirdly, he tells us here that Epaphroditus is a fellow soldier. So he's not just a Christian. He's not just working for the kingdom of God. He's fighting for the souls of people. He is in the spiritual battles of life. Do you ever try to talk to somebody about Jesus and your family and they don't want to hear anything about it? And you're like, it's like a battle. Epaphroditus would say, yes, it is. And we're in that battle because it is a battle. And most of us who heard the gospel from somebody else, we didn't hear the first time and go, oh, makes great sense. Love it. I was like, you're kidding. People used to say to me, we're praying for you. I was like, oh, you do that. You do that. And here we have a man willing to get his hands dirty willing to have his heart broken, willing to be bloodied in the battle for the kingdom of God. He's not a man who just knows about the good news. He's not a guy coming in on Sunday just trying to look the part. He's living it out in the daily ups and downs of life. This is not a church service. This is a guy who took a long journey to try and help somebody. This is 24-7 living it out wherever we're placed. It says here to the Philippian church that he's their messenger. That's a, that's a broad term for the word apostle. Now, he didn't see the risen Jesus Christ. He's not a Bible writer, so he's not a true apostle in that sense. But to be called that by the apostle Paul tells us what? He really respects this guy. He really loves this guy and respects what he's doing for the kingdom of God. So here Epaphroditus is an official representative of the Philippian church, much the way, if you're here today, and you are a committed follower of Jesus Christ, do you realize that you are an official representative of heaven to the world? We need to think about that. You know, in the way we are at work, in our Facebook posts, in in all that we do, you just never know. And he was sent to bring a gift, money, right? But he was also sent to be a gift, to be a gift to the Apostle Paul of service. And how he reminds us of, of Jesus Christ, God's gift to us, who came to bring salvation but was also a gift to us. And I wonder if the church in America, I'm just thinking out loud, I wonder if the church in America saw ourselves more as people who were bringing a gift and that we were a gift to others, would things be different? Instead of always being so critical of people who are not Christians and being more critical of one another and the way we relate to the world. 
And just realizing that for people who don't believe, and if you're here today and you're not a believer in Jesus Christ, man, I am so thankful you're here. And we have time for you after the service or during the week. We will always make time for you. There's always time for that. Trust me, you're not a a bother by any stretch of the imagination. You got questions, no problem, no problem. We'd love to talk to you about that stuff. But, but if you are a Christian, do, do you see yourself as someone who is, who is bringing the gift of the forgiveness of sins to a world? Do you see yourself as being God's gift to the world? Not like I'm God's gift to the world, but God has given you to the world to show them the way home, the way to heaven. It says here that he also ministered to the apostle Paul. He was a minister. Do you know what the word minister means? Servant. He, he was a servant now, the idea is not of title and of, of ordination. You know, people say to me all the time, you know, are you an ordained pastor, Pastor Jim? Yes, I'm an ordained pastor. And that, and now $5 will get you something really good at Starbucks. Okay, it does, it's a piece of paper. Yes, it does remind me of what God has done in my life. But beyond that, that was then and this is now. Am I a servant now? Am I a minister now? And if you are a Christian, God has called you to be a minister. It is a role and a function. It is to be a servant of God and a servant to God in a world that does not know about God. Now, we see here, right, in this man uh, that he's a tested man as well. He served the needs of the people. Some of you have heard this before. My first biggest responsibility ever in Calvary Chapel was this. I was on a, I was one of the chaperones on a youth retreat. So we pile in about 150 kids into a, into a gymnasium. And uh, we didn't know exactly where the speaker was. And the youth pastor comes running up to me and says, I have something really important for you to do. And of course, I push out my chest and go, you want me to speak. Now, I had no public speaking experience at that point in time, other than taking a couple of classes in college. So I'm thinking, of course, I'm going to be the speaker here or do something spiritual until they find the speaker. And he goes to me, there's only one toilet here and it's backed up. <laughs> so there I am, right, running to the bathroom with the plunger knee deep in, yeah, yeah. But what a picture of what it means to be a pastor, to be a minister, knee deep. They might have to edit this in people's poop, (laughs) running around with a plunger, trying to help clear things up. And that's what God has called for us to do. I love that about our church. We're not this phony, plastic, everybody has it all together church. I used to be that before I was Calvary Chapel. And you know what? I don't miss it at all. I don't miss it for a day. I don't even miss it for an hour. And so we know that the man was a tested man. We see this in him because he shows us something very important that we all need to understand, that true commitment does what it can. You are not responsible for the gifts God hasn't given you. You are responsible for the gifts he has given you. And so here we see a man who, who did what he could. Basically, he just brought money and said, what do you need? I mean, that's really all he really did. But he did it with a willing spirit. He did it with the right spirit. He was what I would call a good person. You see, everybody's running around all the time saying, I'm a good person, I'm a good person. And some of you are like, you're battling with your friends over what's a good person. I say you take them here. 
You take him here and say, you know, here's a guy, he wasn't an apostle, he wasn't a pastor, he wasn't anything, he was just a dude, right? And here's what God thinks a good person is. What is he? He's a brother. He's someone who's trusted in Jesus Christ. He's a worker. He's someone who's got their sleeves rolled up and he's working for the kingdom of God. He's a soldier. He's in the fight for the souls of men and women. He's a messenger. He's bringing a message to people and he is a minister. He is a servant. Is that you? Most people have to say no. Most Christians will have to go, well, not really. And that's the the life that God applauds. And so Epaphroditus does not try to be what he's not, but he tries to be all that he can be, and he's satisfied with who he is. Friend, are you satisfied with who God has made you? Are you trying your best to blossom where you are planted? You say, well, if the people in my work weren't so difficult, I could follow the Lord better at work. Hello. (laughs) They are the sandpaper in your life. God is using them to conform you into the image of Christ. My dear friends, please remember this. You never serve unnoticed. Never. Someone is always watching. Your service, my service, is all public in the eyes of the Lord. And here, a very simple man is praised by God. Epaphroditus shows us that serving the Lord is far less about our gifts and far more about our faith, far more about our effort, far more about our endurance, far more about our commitment. Well, from his commitment, we move to Epaphroditus' character. That's number two, his character. Verse 26, since he was longing for you all and was distressed. Interesting, interesting word. That is the same word in Mark that we came across in Mark 14, of Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane. I mean, he is like distressed. Why? Because you had heard he was sick. So Epaphroditus is sick. And the people in Philippi heard he was sick. And Epaphroditus is anxious, not because he was sick, but he's anxious because the people back in Philippi are anxious about him. He doesn't care that he said, I don't care that I'm sick. I care that they're upset about how I'm doing. He tells us, verse 27, for indeed he was sick almost to death. Some of your versions say he almost died, but God. Now, if you have your own Bible with you, Take a pen and circle, but God. And write yourself a little note in the margin that says this. Whenever you see that in the Bible, pause. Because everything might be going one way in your life, but God. Everything might be horrible in your life, but God. He's dying, and the Apostle Paul says, but God. I'm in jail, and the Apostle says, but God. God, but God had mercy on him. And look what the, again, strong leader, right? But look at the transparency of this man and not only on him, but on me also, lest I should have sorrow upon sorrow. How transparent he is. I'm in jail. I'm knocking myself out preaching the gospel. I don't know whether I'm going to get my head chopped off or I'm going to go free. My friend is sick. 
He's saying, Lord, I don't want any more sorrow over this. Please, would you have mercy on him and save him? And would you have mercy on my soul? Verse 28, therefore, we might say, because of all this, I sent him the more earnestly that when you see him again, you may rejoice. Pastor Jim will have more insights to share from the book of Philippians the next time you join us. You've been listening to Changed by Love with Pastor Jim Kevney, teaching pastor of Calvary Chapel, Morris Hills, located in Dover, New Jersey. This message from the book of Philippians is available to anyone who calls 973-659-3380. That's 973-659-3380. Keep in mind that we need today's date to ensure you get the right teaching in your hands. Again, you can get a copy of today's study on CD when you call 973-659-3380 or by sending an email to info at changedbyloveradio.com. Changed by Love also has a website with quite a bit of information. The address is www.changedbyloveradio.com. That's www.changedbyloveradio.com. At the website, you can check out our additional resources, drop us a note, or give securely to support the ongoing expenses of bringing you this program. Changed by Love is the radio ministry of Calvary Chapel, Morris Hills, located at 158 West Clinton Street, Dover, New Jersey, 07801. From all of the production team, we want to say thank you for joining us today, and we pray that God's Word would change your lives in more ways than you've ever dreamed possible. Please mark your Bibles and join us next time as we continue our verse-by-verse teaching through the book of Philippians, right here on Changed by Love.